2: And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. This Saturday afternoon, I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation. Good afternoon, John. Hey, Sterling. Great to be back again. Thank you. Good to have you back with us. Lots in the news, lots of real estate chatter going on, and we'll check some of the headlines. And some of them are pretty interesting this week. But before we get to the, the week's headlines in real estate news, a bit of a headline coming from John Carlson across the desk from me as you've made some changes to the way you conduct real estate business. Business in Metro Vancouver. Tell us about it. Well, thanks, Sterling. Um, Very recently,
1: um, I have moved my real estate license to a company called 2% Realty West Coast. Okay. And uh, I'm happy to talk about that on this show. Uh, Nothing has changed in terms of how I represent my sellers and my focus. My focus is still, of course, to provide top level service and experience while also helping people save money compared to the majority of my competition on commissions. And that hasn't changed. But I am at a new company now. You can still Reach me at johnny1%.com. Okay. That tag does not refer to any particular uh, company in particular. Really, what it refers to is the fact that I'm in the top 1% of the business uh, real estate of Greater Vancouver uh, Real Estate Board. Uh, But my new tagline is Johnny Smart Point because I think my job is to let people know how to position themselves in terms of price marketing, yes, commission structure, and where is the smart point with all these different business models around? Where's the smart place to be when it comes time to put your house on the market? And that's what I'm here to tell people.
2: Well, and, and uh, uh, in terms of the smart point, uh, there uh, it, that's a real moving target, John, in these days of changing market conditions. And look at where we were a year ago. We've been doing this now for almost two years. And look where we were a year ago compared to where we are this afternoon. It's a remarkably different market. There's a, an enormous amount of changes that have taken place in the past year. And uh, th- that the, the change itself is the moving target we're talking about.
1: Well, that's right. Change can be good, and usually change is good. Um, in this particular case, I decided to make a business change because Uh, I wanted to be in where I considered the very best position to help people, again, maximize the sale of their home, have it go smoothly, and put as much money in their pocket as as they can do. Right. And uh, part of the decision for me making this change has been looking at the changes in the real estate industry. I mean, as you mentioned, a year or two ago sellers had an awful lot of leverage. Sure. I mean,
2: they had all the leverage, let's face it. Oh, couple, completely. They absolutely owned the marketplace.
1: And we were doing this show at that time and sure. talking about some of these situations and uh, I think most people who follow the market are aware that sellers don't quite have the same leverage that they once did when it comes time to negotiating a sale. Right. Uh, positioning needs to be a little bit different. For instance, pricing uh, may not be what it was a couple of years ago That's for most true. segments of the market. Yep. So There's one change that, uh, that people 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 are noticing. Um, And I'm here to suggest that um, you want to be careful and thoughtful about how you position your home on MLS and on the market, price being part of that, marketing being part of that. But I think commission structure also plays into um, your ability to get the results that you want and have a smooth sale, a quick sale. So with all these things in mind, I took a look at the lay of the land and I thought to myself, hey, if I'm going to be selling my own home in this market, what makes the most sense for me personally? And that's what I want to present to my sellers. So when I sit down with sellers, just like I always have, we talk about price, we talk about commission structures, we talk about marketing and all these sorts of things and mm-hmm. strategy. And it all rolls into one particular uh, a discussion about what is the smart way to go about this. Where is the smart point? Where is that's th- the
2: smart point. And that's why I've introduced johnnysmartpoint.com. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about reaction because now this is a quite recent decision. We're hearing about it for the first time on this program today, right. but it's been taken over the past few weeks. And in the past few days, you typically busy guy that you are, have had an opportunity to sit down with prospective buyers and sellers in their homes discussing terms and conditions, and you've related this change to people sitting across the kitchen table from you. What's their reaction been? Actually, I've had great reaction. I've got a number
1: of new listings that I will be discussing later on in the program. Okay. I've got an open house that I'm looking forward to presenting. Um, but, you know, you're right. I When I sit down with people, the first thing we do is talk about agency, because I have a duty to discuss the duties of agency and whether or not client wants to be involved in that uh, agency relationship. Sure. And after that, really, I mean, I, I got to keep things simple, Sterling, and the only way I operate is to sit down and tell the truth as I understand it. So people often sit with me and say, hey, John, uh, what do you think we should do in terms of... Timing. When should we put this house on the market? Does it need this to be done first? Does it need that to be done yep. first? Mm-hmm. Timing's important. Uh, John, what do you think about pricing? I know my neighbor sold for this last year, and I saw a sign down here a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You I wear? went online and checked it out. There's That's a right.
2: big drop. And all. Where, are, where am I now? That's right.
1: Yeah. So where do we fit? And my job, again, is to take my experience and provide opinions in terms of what I think is the wise place to be. And also uh, now when I'm meeting with people that maybe I've talked to in the past couple of months, I sit down with them and I explain my decision for moving my real estate license and basically uh, trusting my business to a business model that's different right. than it used to be before. Now I've done that because I think it's good for my business, but also I think it's very good for my sellers in terms of how they position and their, uh, their ability to, again, have a smooth sale for top dollar and keep as much money in the pocket. Because again, my focus hasn't changed. Get the job done, make clients happy, put as much money as you can in their pockets. That's what I based my entire career on, and nothing has changed now.
2: Yeah, and we talk about market conditions and, and the moving target that is today's housing market, especially here in Metro Vancouver, the most expensive city in Canada, still. So, John, you've been in the business almost two dozen years. This is not the first brokerage change you've made since you became a realtor back in the 90s. Correct. So, this is just, and you've seen this market go up and down. It's not the roller coaster ride that an energy city like Calgary goes through, but it's been in the stratosphere for so long. Anything below the stratosphere, like we're at now, sort of approaching near normal is catastrophic for some people because they haven't seen it before. You've been around the block more than a few times. You've seen the ups and downs. So where are we at today in terms of the ups and downs? Well, we're certainly not at the all-time
1: high that we were at a few years ago. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, I have changed business models and brokerages uh, you know, in the past, in my career. About 10 years ago, I recognized that sellers were not necessarily wanting to pay high commissions to sell their properties. Now, there are all kinds of different business models. There are no set commission structures. Right. And there are good agents at all kinds of companies and different business models. No doubt about that. The prevailing, the, the predominant uh, commission structure out there, as a lot of people know, it would be 7% of the first 100000 of your of your sale price, plus 2.5% of the balance of your sale price. That would be your commission. You see it all over the place. Sure. It's still there. Mm-hmm. Well, I recognized about 10 years ago that that may not be something that everybody was interested in, and I made a change. And that served me very well, and I've had a number of sales and a lot of happy clients in that time. Um, but I do... Recognize that things have changed once again, and uh, without disparaging any other business models, there's good agents, and you can talk to all of them about what they do. I found that for my clients and for my career, I think it makes a lot of sense for me to uh, be at Two Percent Realty West Coast, where we're offering a savings compared to the predominant traditional business model of seven and two and a half. Right. And I'll give you an example: a house nine hundred thousand dollars sale, two percent realty. It's a total commission of two percent. So. If you're paying seven and two and a half on a $900,000 sale, you're looking at a commission of $27,000. Right. Two percent, easy math, eighteen thousand One One percent for the listing side, one percent for the selling side. So when it comes time to position and when it comes time to decide what your options might be in terms of offering out a commission to a cooperating brokerage, Mm -hmm. these are discussions that I have with sellers and I I sit down and we talk about, okay, what's reasonable Uh, compared to the seven and two and a half? Can... In this case, we can save about 33%. Right. Anytime you get a good product or service with that kind of a discount, I think that's a win. Uh, And then we talk about, you know, is it the right market to try to save 70% on commission? Well, that's a discussion that I've had in my mind and with some other clients. And again, that's been part of the reason that I've looked at other business models, and I've arrived at this one at 2%
2: Realty. Okay, let's talk about some of the headline stories here, John, because this one, you were talking moments ago about sellers particularly having, and and timing was your word, you were talking about timing in terms of the the changes you've made professionally in the last few weeks, but timing is something that's critical when you're trying to sell or buy, for that matter, mostly because we don't do it very often. A, A house sale, for most people, is a big event. It is. Uh, It's not something that we do every 18 months. We're not speckers. We're not flippers. Most of us. We're just regular folks who move every now and then. And when we do, it's a big deal. So, and from the last time we moved... To this time, there's been an enormous change in the marketplace. How do you catch up with all of that? Well, you start by hiring a person who's been around the block a few times, who's seen the ups and downs more than once, and who has the ability to place you in the marketplace this afternoon. And it's all um, uh, positioning is your word, but I would uh, I would go even further to say pricing, because that is that not positioning, John, or is there more to positioning than just pricing? Pricing is a big part of it, absolutely.
1: Um, in a competitive market, uh, you have to be priced competitively given what you're offering the market and given what your competition might be, sure. if you want to have a chance at success. Uh, if we roll back the clock to a market that maybe there wasn't as much competition for sellers, well, in those days, sellers were asking more money. They were asking higher prices because they had that ability and that leverage situation with buyers. In the same way that prices have come down a bit, and, and and buyers have a little bit more leverage. In other words, they can bring an offer. I'm finding offers are conservative. If I have a well-priced listing, it doesn't mean we're going to get an offer just like that. Right. It's going to be the list price. A buyer may still want to come down a little bit lower because they're cautious. They're testing the seller to see what the motivation level might be. And they know that, hey, if I don't put a deal together that makes me happy, there's going to be another listing probably coming down the way pretty soon. And I'll have a shot at that one. Sure. So buyers are going to do what makes sense to buyers and sellers need to do what makes the most sense to them.
2: And part of what, what you talk about in terms of your sellers, the people who are selling homes whom you represent, you talk about you and them defending their position versus lowball offers or any of the other vagaries of the marketplace. And not everyone uh, who's selling a home or trying to understands how to do that, John. It's, it's, a, it's an occasional big event but we're not pros at it. So defending a position is important if you intend to get close to the price you want. Yes, and, and defending a position,
1: uh, a big part of that is starting at a position that is defensible. Sure. Uh, so if you were to say a price that's $100,000 more than all the other houses on your street and they're all basically the same, well, that's a position that's going to be hard to defend and it will probably lead to buyers either ignoring you or uh, not bringing offers because you're just simply not the favorite. If you're priced too high, they're
2: looking at other houses that are
1: probably better in the same price range, and and nothing ever happens. So so. what do
2: you do, John, when you sit down with someone who listens to you on the radio and says, let's have this fellow over for coffee, because he sounds like the kind of guy we could do business with. And so you go to their place, and they pour you a cup of coffee, you sit down at the kitchen table, you start talking, and they tell you... They want a hundred grand more than you think the, the property is worth, and it would look to be competitively on, online, etc. How, how do you soften that blow and get that person to accept the smart point? Well, first of
1: all, I go in with an open mind and I listen. I mean, I can think of one listing appointment very recently. I don't have the listing yet. I'm hoping to later on in the year where I went in with a, a number that I thought made sense. But after talking to the sellers, I started to see their point a little bit. So, okay. I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not the market. I don't decide what homes sell for. Um, so I do listen and try to understand because a seller will know their house or property or certain details about it better than I do. Uh, but when it comes time to give my recommendations, and if there's a difference of opinion, I always re- remember, hey, you know, this is not my property. Yeah. This is not my money. I'm here to give advice, and maybe they'll hire me, and maybe they won't. That doesn't change the advice I give them. Mm-hmm. I always give people the best advice when it comes time to, to to price their home. So again, nothing has really changed. And I want to say something quickly. When it comes time to positioning, and when it, when it depends on what you're offering to a buyer's agent, I'm not suggesting for a moment that agents will not show your property uh, if you have a lesser commission than, than a typical company might. Because okay. first of all, I know that agents are ethical people and they understand the obligation they have to their clients and they show all available listings to their clients that meet the client's needs. But what I am suggesting is, uh, the commission you offer out to a buyer's agent does matter, I found, in the recent times, simply because uh, a lot of the buyers and the buyer's agents are sitting down and, and, you know, like you could offer a dollar selling commission in some business models and just leave it completely open for negotiation. That's a starting point that yeah. you could choose. That's fine. But what I find is uh, that the buyers and the buyer's agents, I mean, there was a stat what, earlier on in the year, something about 14,000 licenses in Greater Vancouver, real real estate licenses, and 10,000 had yet to do a deal all year. Mm. The numbers are down. And I think buyer's agents are sitting down with their clients and saying, hey, you know, Joe and Sally, we have a situation here where I need to get paid. And are you with me? And buyers are the ones that seem to be signing these contracts. And these are the the buyers that want to make sure their agents are compensated fairly. So the starting point on commission is also a factor. Maybe not as big as the price, but it's something to consider.
2: And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this Saturday afternoon on CKNW. I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation, talking about the changes to our marketplace, the changes in the way Mr. Carlson's doing business, and, well, we've got some incentives. I want to talk to you about incentives, John. Tesla's in a moment. Yes. But first of all, condo prices around Metro Vancouver seem to have not, they're not coming off, but they seem to have plateaued, kind of hit a level, and they're staying there. Now we find out that many Vancouver developers are over in Hong Kong actively selling condo properties in Metro Vancouver to the 320,000 Canadians who already live there and who on a daily basis I suspect are going I don't think I want to live here much longer. Time to maybe go back home to Canada. They're not going to be subjected to that foreign buyers tax. They got a Canadian passport. They can just come home. But if 320,000 people or a good portion of them collectively decide let's go home and let's buy a condo in Vancouver, get Get out of here, that's going to jack up condo prices, don't you think?
1: It'll definitely solidify the condo market or the the market in in general. Uh, you know, we always have an influx of new people from other countries and other cultures coming, and that's uh, good point there. And that's one of the things, one of the reasons that the Vancouver housing market is so robust. You never can count out the market. Now, I'm not. Expecting that the market will go back to the way it was. But if you look at the condo market in a lot of particular areas, greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley, uh, you know, it it stalled a little bit with Mm -hmm. the rest of the market. And, And the inventory built up, and there was an awful lot to look at. And the buyers had stepped back and said, hmm, not sure if it's the time for me to open my wallet. Maybe I'll wait and see. So to have an influx, potentially, now this has been in the news, and I, I don't know exactly how
2: it will play out, but it does seem plausible to well, me. And there are several companies over this, and just one office, there are several Vancouver realtor, uh, realtor organizations and developers uh, actively working that marketplace now. Sure, and, and I would too. I mean, if I was selling
1: uh, townhomes uh, or condominiums... Uh, the more potential buyers the better off you are so um, that's a trend that's something to keep our eye on uh, overall what i'm finding in the market is we had a rough uh, january february march april may uh, i think people looked at the market and it was like looking at a well with a black bottom you couldn't tell where the bottom was and people were kind of scared i'm not right, jumping in you that. drop
2: a stone and it takes a long time for that splash and well people were wondering where is the bottom <laughs> and nobody right. really knew
1: yeah and what i think uh you know again uh as a testament to the resiliency of a real estate market in the greater Vancouver and Fraser Valley, I think we're seeing people who have said, you know, I've waited. Prices have come down. Uh, Interest rates are still low. The sky didn't fall. I don't think this bubble is going to burst. I don't think it is a bubble. And, we're seeing people jump back in the game. So I've been saying now for the last few weeks or months that September, October, November in my opinion will be the best real estate months of 2019 for mm-hmm. sellers, most activity. Now buyers are still very price conscious. They know the prices have changed and you know some things even with an influx of buyers that doesn't change the fact that there's still a stress test and there's still these other measures that are intended to calm the market down. So prices are not going to be in my opinion what they used to be. Sure. but to have more people jump in and absorb the inventory that's being produced is going to be good, and it's probably going to be a stabilizing factor for the market. In my opinion, if a buyer hasn't bought by, say, end of November and December rolls around, I think there's a good chance that a lot of these potential buyers are going to sit back on their heels again and just wait and see what happens uh, by the spring market. Interesting. I think this is the time.
2: Typically, you have said so many times on this program, since you and I have started doing this, that spring uh, in any given year is usually the biggest peak uh, or biggest season of real estate activity. Right. 2019 could be an exception to that, given the soft nature of activity in this spring. However, the year is not by any means, over, and you're saying the fall season could be the big one this year for
0: a change.
1: That's what I think. Uh, There's been a lot of... um Pent up demand for people who would otherwise have maybe listed their properties and sold and upsized, downsized, or jumped in as a first time buyer into the market, and they didn't because they were a little bit scared. Mm-hmm. And they were they were smart. They were cautious. Things were changing, and you know you had to be kind of careful how you handled things. I think a lot of those people, some of them are probably going to keep waiting to see what happens. And there's a good chance the market may continue to soften price wise. CMHC, in fact, has suggested that might be the case. But on the other hand, uh, you know life carries on. And uh, a lot of people got tired of waiting, and I think they're jumping back into the market, taking advantage of good interest rates. They're being selective. They're not going to just settle for any house and go and buy it with no inspection and throw multiple offers at everything like maybe happened in the past. They're going to compare the value proposition of the homes that they have choices to look at. They're going to pick one that suits them, and they're going to try to negotiate a price that makes sense to them in today's market. So little bit of a different market, but the activity is going to be there, and it's already showing itself.
2: Hey, we just had a visit uh, f- to the Hard Rock Casino recently from the, the Price is Right TV show. Uh, crowds just love that stuff, right? And on the Price is Right, there is always that remote possibility you could win a new car! Yeah. Well, <laughs> keeping that in mind, keeping that in mind, now there is, there is a developer out there, and we've talked about incentives before. This right. is not a, the first time we're having this conversation. However, let's just say they've jacked up the value of the incentive a little because now you buy a townhouse from this developer, they'll throw in a Tesla, a new car, just like the TV show. That's a pretty hefty incentive, John. That's quite an incentive. I mean, that would get me interested as
1: a potential buyer looking. And, you know, I'm, I would suggest there's no such thing as a free lunch. Right. Um, but it does uh, definitely indicate the fact that, you know, we, what we've been talking about here, the market has changed in terms of leverage for sellers. and. Right. Uh, you know, back when, what what were developers on on average willing to offer you? A a chance to write a contract before somebody else did. That was pretty much what you were offered. And now to see incentives in some of these, it shows that um, you need to woo buyers and you need to be competitive and you need to offer
2: something that makes you stand out from the crowd. And if that's the case, if if developers are recognizing the need to toss in a Tesla to attract people, uh, that might be a powerful tool for you when you're sitting across the kitchen table from a prospective seller who may be stuck on a price that is unrealistic. Uh, Basically, uh, again, uh, you always say, I'm not the market. I'm only one person's opinion. However, that's with 24 years of experience behind that opinion. But still, if this kind of incentivizing is active in the marketplace, what does that tell you in those kitchen table conversations with sellers that they should know? Well, you have to be competitive. And i got to be careful
1: because I don't know the particular development and Mm -hmm. the particulars of this Tesla offer. It sounds like good marketing.
2: Um, No question. It made it to the Supper Time News on TV.
1: Absolutely. Uh, And so that's clever. Um, And I'd have to take a look at the overall proposal. If I were representing a buyer in that situation, do you want the Tesla or do you just want to negotiate the price? Exactly. Sometimes developers want to hold that price because they've got a whole bunch of units to sell in different phases. And that's why some of these incentives come. And then they may dry up if the market changes and gets hotter again. Right. But I think uh, to get to your point, I think it does uh, at least point out to sellers that even professional developers who are in the business of selling real estate are finding, uh, in some cases, finding it beneficial to up their ante and offer more value or more perks and that sort of thing to potential buyers. Uh, And I think that, uh, you know, that's something we're going to see
2: how the market plays out. All right. Well, let's uh, let's hear from one of John's clients, Ben, Mr. Dooley at the Controls, has a few words from Chris in Burnaby, who's worked with John Carlson quite recently. Here's Chris.
0: Yeah, you know what? Funny enough, I I actually heard him on your program driving home from work one day, and he, you know, to me, he kind of came across as pretty genuine and an honest guy, and uh, he seemed to have a good grasp of uh, you know the general market the direction it was headed, and uh, I just seemed to like his business plan, and I uh, decided to uh, move forward with him. I actually had him come through my property twice, and um, the first time, you know, the property wasn't to par, you know, as far as I was concerned, um, but he was happy to list it, but uh, I decided to go through with a little bit of renovation first, so I had him come through again, uh, probably about a month ago, and um, you know what, it was really relaxed and um you know you know he was really upfront about uh, the fees and all costs incurred and um you know he suggested a price that we should probably go with and you know i ultimately ended up going with the higher price and you know what he was fine with that he's like totally open to you know your thoughts and suggestions and um you know what, He, uh, I just found him quick to return calls, emails, texts, and uh, you know what, we, we listed and had an offer in the first week basically, actually two offers. The place sold, you know, by the time everything was said and done, I think uh, three weeks it was on the market, and uh, we got it all buttoned up and sold and uh, couldn't be happier.
2: Well, there you go. That's a satisfied client, if ever I've heard one, Chris awesome. and Burnaby. Now, what sort of property did Chris have that he showed you twice and renoed between uh, visits one and two? Well, thank you, Chris, by the way. I was I was very fortunate to work with Chris. Oh, and Great by the way, guy. I should Ben and I should say thanks to Chris, too, yeah. because he heard you on the radio, and, and that's what sort of started that whole deal. So thanks for tuning us in, Chris. Now, back to you. Absolutely. I met Chris. Uh, he had a, a townhouse
1: in, in Burnaby. Okay. And uh, yes, uh, we met and needed a little bit of work and he got it ready and he did a great job, uh, introduced it um, at a market. It's, it's interesting because he mentioned that we listed a little bit higher than I had originally suggested. And that was a good idea because uh, we did get the price that, that Chris wanted. We weren't very far off, but we had a slight, we were in the $760,000 range. So... Um, again, you have to have an open mind. But one thing I really like that, that hearing from Chris, and I want to thank you, Chris, for saying that uh, he thought I was honest and I had a good grasp of the direction the market was moving. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's really uh, – those are two of the biggest factors that you can bring to the table. When I meet with somebody, they want to know, you know, am I telling them the truth? And, and I have a duty as an agent to, to – uh, to, to give all the information I can. I'm an open book and I answer questions to the best of my ability. And when it came time to talking about the market, we saw some higher sale prices back when the market was hotter and we measured those against, you know, what our competition level was. And one nice thing is we didn't have a whole lot of direct competition on this one. Oh. Chris had done a great job in preparing it to look good and and we, we did quite well. But um, when Chris mentions uh, that I was upfront about the fees and I gave him, a, I had a good grasp about the direction the market is traveling and the way it's moving, this, same grasp of where the market's moving. This is really what led me, again, to my decision to maybe change uh, the business structure that I'm operating in. So I changed the structure a little bit. I changed companies that I'm working with, but the focus, is, again, is exactly the same. It's to be honest and upfront, give people valuable information, put my experience to work, listen to what they have to say, and then, in the end, come up with a plan between myself and them in terms of how to get the job done to get it done to the best possible results and that will never change that's my focus providing top quality service and experience and also saving people money in commissions compared to the majority of my competition
2: well and that's what Chris's point was i think he was very very upfront about how satisfied he was with your professional approach and your attitude and the quality of service and i suppose you didn't have to in this case by the sounds of things you didn't have to spend a lot of time convincing chris that because you charge a lower commission rate uh he's going to get substandard or subpar service. You pay less, you get less. Yep. That's an automatic reflex almost in a lot of customers. That's right. And so the, that conversation doesn't sound like it took a long time to get through with Chris, but you have it almost every time you, you go out, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And I think maybe what
1: Chris might be referring to is the fact that and I've been for months talking to people when I meet them. When it comes time to commissions, commissions ad- offered to, an, uh, to a buyer's agent, a cooperating brokerage, on a listing are negotiable just like any other term and I prepared Chris for the fact that you know, when we position that other agents in this kind of market, I'm finding it much more frequent. I mean, commissions have always been negotiable, but I find the leverage situations changed a little bit. And I prepared him for the fact that there may be some negotiating going on. In the end, I know he's happy. He saved money compared to the majority of my competition. It's great. Thank you, Chris, to give me a great testimony. I really appreciate it.
2: Good stuff. Now, Chris's house isn't available anymore, but you did mention a few moments ago that you do have a new listing and an open house. You got an open house tomorrow?
1: I've got an open house Sunday, yeah, okay. tomorrow, 1 to 3, and this is for someone looking for an executive house in, in Maple Ridge. This is West Maple Ridge in Golf Lane Estate, so obviously the Maple Ridge Golf Course is close by. Uh, this is about a 5,000-square-foot house with six bedrooms and uh, six bathrooms, and it's got a, a basement suite down below for family. Just executive finishing, high quality. The address is two oh nine one oh one fifteen Avenue in Maple Ridge, and I'll be there Sunday, 1 to 3. The list price is $1.275 million. You can see it on my website. I've got it mapped out in a 3D tour. You can walk through it. You can see photos. You can call me. In fact, go to johnnysmartpoint.com anytime and you can see all of my new listings. I've got another one that I'll just throw at you quickly. Sure. Just going on MLS. Okay. This is a house in Maple Ridge, listed at 729 9 It has a detached shop for a mechanic, wired, uh, you know, insulated, 220 power. It's a 1,400-square-foot rancher with a full basement, and the basement is in the process of having a suite put in. All the materials are there, but the plans change for the seller. At 729.9, you're backing on to a protected agricultural land reserve, Greenbelt. It's quiet. This is a real great deal. So go to johnnysmartpoint.com or give me a call on my cell phone.
2: Yeah, that's a big change uh, for John and uh, his fans who listen to this program on a regular basis. There's a new web address. It's johnnysmartpoint.com or johnnysmartpoint.ca. And most importantly, when you get there, you can still see all the listings. You can still press a button and click for an evaluation. And the phone number and the email address is all there. Let me give you the phone number because John's about to leave and you can take you can take your call 604-612-0080 again 604-612-0080 the proceeding was a paid commercial program
0: unless otherwise
1: identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of cknw